Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more, right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. You're listening to episode number 188 of Just Another Fanboy, and before we get into the episode, before we get into the meat of this show in which I will be talking about the Invincible animated series that's out there on Amazon Prime, I have a bit of an announcement to make, and this may take me a number of minutes to get through, so please buckle up as you try to understand the way my mind works. And you may or may not, and if you don't, I completely understand it. So it was just announced as of the day I'm recording this, which is Wednesday, May the 5th, Happy Cinco de Mayo. That Loki, the show that's going to be on Disney Plus, instead of premiering on Friday, June 11th, it's going to premiere on Wednesday, June 9th. And that kind of throws my whole schedule out of whack. I had previously announced that season four, which is what we're in right now, just another fanboy, season four was going to end next Thursday, a week from this episode with episode number 190. Season four would end. I would take a month off. There may or may not be bonus episodes thrown in there during my time off. But then I was going to come back on Tuesday, June the 15th, and my first episode would be about the first episode of this new Loki show over on Disney+. Plus. However, because the episodes now, the, the Loki episodes, will be releasing on Wednesdays, I don't want to have my discussions regarding the episodes to come out the day before the following episode is going to air on Disney Plus, if that makes any sense. So I had to do some scrambling. I had to do some changing to my schedule, the way I'm going to end season four and the way I'm going to open season five and yet still manage to get a month off between seasons because that's really important to me. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's the announcement. Here's where you need to buckle up. Maybe put on a hat, possibly drink some water, put on some headphones, maybe take some Dramamine because this may rock your very world to the very core of your very world. Did that make sense? It doesn't matter. Season four ends today, folks. This episode, episode number 188, will be the final episode of Just Another Fanboy season number four. We will be coming back on Thursday, June 10th, with the first episode 
of season five. That'll be episode number 189, and it will be my talk regarding Loki episode one, which will have aired the day before. Now, there's not going to be an episode on Tuesday the following week. Typically, Just Another Fanboy releases Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're going to skip Tuesday the following week, and we'll come back with episode number 190 on June the 17th, in which I will be discussing the second episode of Loki out there on the Disney+. Plus. After that, the following week, we're back to Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're going to continue doing the Loki episodes every Thursday, and we'll have other episodes mixed in between. This seems kind of weird. It's kind of messing with my mind a bit, my little structured brain that I try to uh, have a bit of structure in my life. I, I, I desire, I yearn for structure, and yet I can never manage to do anything structurally. So I'm going to be struggling with myself to be okay with the fact that I am starting a season on a Thursday when I should be starting on a Tuesday, but it's really the only way I could make this all work so that episode 200 didn't land on a day that I should be releasing an episode about Loki. And that's how every every, every little change to the schedule I tried to make, whether I tried to extend season four. Well, I didn't really want to extend season four. I'm ready to take a break, folks. I'll be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the world. I'm ready to take a break. So the last thing I wanted to do was extend the season. I didn't want to cut the season off like I'm doing now. I didn't want to do that but I most certainly did not want to extend it. So doing this allows me to still have my month off and have episode 200 land after Loki, all six episodes of Loki have aired. And I haven't quite decided yet what I'm going to do for episode 200, which will land on July the 22nd, which that's the week of my birthday, folks. So that's got double meaning there. But I don't know what I'm going to do yet for episode 200. If you have some ideas, shoot me an email over at feedback at justanotherfanboy.com or join us over at the Or Else Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. But until we get to that point, folks, how about we just stop the announcement portion of this episode and let's get into the meat of the matter as it is or were or was or whatnot. Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. As I said, this is episode number 188, and it is the final episode of season four. And today I want to talk about Invincible. Not the comic book, but the new animated series that they have going on over on Amazon Prime. There are eight episodes up on Prime, the full season. It was just announced recently that they have renewed the show for seasons two and three. And I want to talk about season one because I sat down over the weekend, this past weekend, and I watched all eight episodes practically in a row. I practically binged it. I say practically because I didn't, in fact, binge it. I watched some one day and some another day, but it's about as close to binging as I get these days. So the comic book came out in 2003. It was written by Robert Kirkman. Originally drawn by Corey Walker, and then Ryan Otley came on, and he finished out the series. Uh, 
Corey Walker didn't do as many issues from what I recall. He did maybe the first six, possibly the first 12. There are over 100 issues in the series. I don't know exactly how many issues there were. I never did finish reading the series, and I keep meaning to do that. But it premiered in 2003. Robert Kirkman, of course, is the guy that created The Walking Dead. This, if I remember correctly, came after The Walking Dead. He'd made somewhat of a name for himself with The Walking Dead, and then he comes out with Invincible. And Invincible was a really good comic. Like I said, I never finished it, and I need to, but it was very... It was almost reminiscent of Spider-Man to the to to a certain extent as far as a teenage superhero just getting his powers, learning how to deal with, you know, having these superpowers and having personal relationships and being in high school and then being in college, having a girlfriend, dealing with his parents, all that junk. It had a lot of that in there, but there was also just this epic story, this There's a twist at one point, which I'm not going to get into. If you've not read the comics and you haven't watched the show, there is a big twist. Really kind of the whole focal point of season one of Invincible that I'm not going to get into. I will, however, read you the description of season one as it is listed here on Amazon Prime. It says, Invincible is an adult animated superhero series that revolves around 17-year-old Mark Grayson, who's just like every other guy his age, except his father is the most powerful superhero on the planet, Omni-Man. But as Mark develops powers of his own, he discovers his father's legacy may not be as heroic as it seems. And that's that's about as spoilery as I'm going to get here, folks, when it comes to the big twist. Because... First off, you you discover what the big twist is by the end of episode one. I will tell you that much. And if you don't know what it is, I want you to experience that for the first time if you're going to watch this series. I don't remember how many issues into the comic book the twist happens, but I do remember just being blown away when they get to it in the comic book. Now, as the description says, it's an adult animated superhero series. I hate it when the the term adult anymore it also make it all it almost makes you think like they're talking about porn but it's not it's not that at all it's just it's rated R basically mainly for language and violence there's no sexual situations or nudity uh but there is it is very bloody it is a very very bloody show but if you've read the comic you know that going into it it's the comic was very bloody it's um they do curse quite a bit in the show even you even using the f word a number of times i was watching one of the episodes at one point over the weekend and my daughter was in the room and one of the characters used the f word and she just sat bolt upright i they just said the f word on a freaking cartoon and i'm like yeah that's that's what this cartoon does it's it's not like that it's also very violent and uh i really enjoyed these first eight episodes. It's been a long time since I've read the comics. So there was a lot about the show that I remembered from the comics, but the the way or the order in which they tell the story in the show, in my memory, does not happen or line up in the exact same way that it does in the book. So this is not a situation where they're just literally adapting the book for this animated show 
And if you've read the book, you don't need to re- watch the show because it's all the same. It's there's it's not it's not like that at all. Some a lot. Mo- well, most of the story beats from the show, like I said, I remember from the comic, but they do things slightly differently. For example, I remember when I read the comic, the fact that Mark Grayson has superpowers is introduced in kind of a funny way. They introduce it in the same way in the show, but when you start watching the show, you learn pretty much within the first couple minutes of the show that Mark Grayson's father is Omni-Man, and they're all just waiting for him to get his powers. They're all waiting for Mark to get his powers. I don't remember I don't remember that happening as... I don't remember it being so in-your-face in the book. I remember reading the first issue about this kid who's 17 years old, and he discovers he has superpowers when he is he's working at this burger joint and he's closing they're 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 closing down for the night and he's taking the trash out at the end of the night he goes out to the dumpster and he tosses the trash bag into the dumpster anybody who's ever worked at a fast food place and has had to drag a big old bag of trash out there you know it's kind of a two-handed job and you got to put a little oomph into it cuz those dumpsters are fairly tall So when he tosses the trash bag into the dumpster, it actually flies into the air miles and miles and miles and disappears over the horizon. And he's like, hey, I got my superpowers. Now, again, I don't remember in the comic book if we were already told that his father was Omni-Man, but I believe we we were. I just remember him doing that with with the trash bag. Then he is at dinner He's sitting at the dinner table with his mom and then his dad is suddenly there uh, because he he races in at super speed after having just saved the world or something. And the mother is like, oh, how was your day? Well, I just stopped an alien invasion and blah, blah, blah. Well, how about you, Mark? How, does, how was your day? I got my superpowers today. And they're all like, hey, all right, cool. And I just remember it being very refreshing and delightful. It was a wonderful moment in the book. And there's even... A moment in the next issue or three or four issues later where we actually see the trash bag land on the other side of the world, which is really funny. Uh, we see that in the com in, in the show as well. We see both. Uh, he, he learns that he his superpowers have finally manifested the same way in the in the show. He's throwing the trash bag and then we see the trash bag land in the next episode. But I feel and again, I don't remember. So maybe somebody can correct me. But I feel the fact that A, Mark's dad is Omni-Man, and B, they're all just waiting for him to get his superpowers, I don't feel like that was as front and center in the comic book when he gets his superpowers or before he gets his powers as it was in the show. There's also a group of superheroes in the show called the Guardians of the Globe or the Global Guardians. I don't remember what they're called now. I, I remember... One of the names that he had originally used for the team, he was told he couldn't use because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, But it's basically the Justice League. They have a Superman who's named Immortal Man. They have a Wonder Woman who's called War Woman. They have an Aquaman who is actually half fish, half man, who is a king of a, a fish kingdom, a half fish, half human fish kingdom under the water. They have, uh, I don't remember what that character's name is. They have a Flash named the Red Rush, and he's Russian, which is funny. Uh, I don't remember who else was on the team. Oh, there's a a Batman character, and I don't remember 
Darkwing, I think that was his name. And uh, they, they're they actually the first characters we meet in the show, but I don't think we meet them right away in the comic book. Uh, but they end up being a big part of how the twist is revealed by the end of that first episode. And one of the things that they do in the show is when they show the title card, I think the first episode, you don't get the title card until near the very end because he gets his powers. His father takes him to meet his tailor to design his costume because he, Mark goes out to try to fight some crime to test his powers in, you know, like pajamas and a scarf over his face. And his dad tells him, yeah, that's not going to work. Let's get you a real costume. And so they go see his tailor who, who is an actual tailor, but he also has an underground lab where he creates superhero costumes. And the tailor basically, Mark is telling him, well, I, I want something that's iconic. And the tailor's like, yeah, everybody wants something that's iconic. Nobody can quite understand that that's not as easy as you think it is. You say, I want something iconic. Well, what does that mean? And Mark's like, I, I don't know. And and the guy's like, well, what is your name? What's What superhero name are you using? Because if we, you want something iconic, that's usually where we start. He says, for example, Darkwing, I gave him a cape that looks like big dark wings, you know? <laughs> and so Mark doesn't know what his, his name is going to be until near the end of the episode. And he goes, I got it. My name is going to be... And then that's where they show the title card and it just says Invincible. Well, each episode, they do that. They They... There, there's a moment in the episode where somebody is going to say his name and then they switch to the title card and it shows Invincible. But as each episode airs, so like the second episode, they show the title card, it says Invincible, and then some blood gets splattered on it across the title card. Then the third episode, you when they show the title card, the blood that had splattered across that title card in the, sec, in the previous episode is still there, but then another splatter of blood. So by the final episode... The freaking title card is covered in blood. And it's their way of telling you, this show is going to keep getting more and more bloody. It's going to get bloodier and bloodier as we go along. We're leading up to something, and there's going to be a lot of blood. And there is, because here's the thing. You can't have super-powered people pummeling on each other and not have a lot of blood. And that's kind of what he was... I guess that's kind of what he was going for in the comic. It's like you got you got a, a, a superpowered person who punches another superpowered person, and if they're not invulnerable, then their fist is going to go through their face and their head is going to explode. You know that kind of stuff, and that happens in the comic book, and it happens in the show. We're introduced to a lot of the same characters we get in the comic book. There's a character by the name of Adam Eve, A T O M Eve, and she basically befriends Mark. Uh, they go to the same high school together, but of course they don't realize they're superheroes until he runs into her while he's out doing superhero stuff. She's the member, or at least when the show starts, she's a member of a team of teen superheroes called the Teen Team. And they have folks on the team like Rex Splode, which is some of the names on of these characters are just great. Rex Splode, who can take things and turn them into bombs. Basically he has like these containers on his belt where he pulls out these little chips and he turns them into bombs, you know, energizes them and throws them and they turn into bombs. Um, there was a, I'm trying to remember who else is on the, there's a, a, a woman on the teen team who can, she's like the multiple man. She can make duplicate versions of herself and her name is duplicate, 
which K-A-T-E, another funny name. Love the the creativity that had gone into this this comic book. I mean, when it comes to superhero comic books, Invincible is really one of the top five. The Walking Dead is a great book, and it's probably one of my top five favorite books of all time. But when it comes to superhero books, Invincible may be even in the top three. I don't know what else would be up there in the top three, but Invincible's up there because it's just, it does something that a lot of superhero books can't do because you have the same writer on it throughout the entire run. And that's, uh, you can have changes that are made. People will die and they won't come back. Uh, He at one point gets a brother in the comic book who also has superpowers. Um, You know, you can... If if you're the only if you've only got one person writing that book, and by that I mean uh, they don't have like one creative team on it for six issues, and then another creative team comes in for six issues, and then another creative team, you know, which is how they do it over on over at Marvel and DC, and which which is why regardless of how many changes they put Batman or Superman or Spider Man or Wonder Woman or any of those characters, no matter how many changes they put them through. At the end of the day, they always revert back to what they originally started as thematically. So really, there are no changes made to any of those characters in the end because it all comes back. But in a book like Invincible, he could do that. He could make changes and those changes could stick. Of course, that also means that eventually the the book is going to end, which it did. Um, But that's fine. I don't need to be reading an Invincible book 30 years from now when I'm probably dead, but you know, it was a wonderful book. I need to finish it. I really do. Maybe I'll, I'll end up doing a, a series of episodes on the invincible book eventually on the show, but the, the, the animated series is wonderful. And I'll be honest with you when it first popped up on Amazon, I was really looking forward to it. I sat down, I had a moment to sit down and start watching it. And I got about 10 minutes into it and my first thought was, all right, this is fun, but it's kind of boring. And I stopped watching it. And it wasn't until all eight episodes were on Prime because they released them. They didn't release them all at the same time. You couldn't just binge them when the first episode came out. You had to wait. And so once all eight episodes were up, I sat down and and I gave it another chance. And I just fell in love with it, especially by the end of that first episode. Each episode is about 45 minutes long, which is something that's a little different from most animated shows, which are typically about 20 to 23 minutes long or a half hour with commercials. But these were about 45 to 50 minutes long and tells one big story with a lot of, you know, episodic stories going on at the same time. And I really don't want to talk too much about what happened because then I'll be giving a lot of it away. If, of course, if you've read the book, you know what I'm talking about. Um, there, There's a bit of a beef between father and son in the book and in the show. I'm just not going to tell you why. But it's when that when the reveal is made in episode one, it even for someone who knew that it was going to happen because I had read most of the book, it was still quite the shocking reveal at the end of episode one. But you don't get, I feel like in the comic, once the once you get the reveal of the twist, you don't get the story that gives you the motivation behind the twist. I feel like you get that much earlier in the comic. Well, you don't get that for a number of episodes in the show 
And when you get to that point, when the motivation and the backstory behind the twist is revealed, it really is a very, very powerful moment. And I'm, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to seasons two and three. They had a lot of great voice actors on the show. You had Steven Yoon, um, who was Glenn on Walking Dead. He played Mark. Uh, Sandra Oh played his mother. J.K. Simmons was his father. Omni Man. You had um, Walter Goggins as the government agent, the basically kind of like the Nick Fury of the show, except for he's not much. He's not very reminiscent of Nick Fury. Uh, you had. Um, I don't know most of these actors by their actual names, but you have Britta from Community as Adam Eve, um, Pimento from Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Rexplode, and uh, Seth Rogen has a small part in it. And if the if the books are anything to go by, uh, the, the part will become much bigger. But he plays a character by the name of Alan. They call him Alan the Alien because he's an, he's an alien. He's a big, tough muscular one-eyed alien who comes to earth every few years to uh he says he's there to test earth's defenses he's he he's there to make sure that somebody is there that can defend earth uh because earth is part of this coalition of planets but then we find out later in the show that he's not supposed to be going to earth he's supposed to be going to a place called yearth or something like that he, he's been he's he's been coming to the wrong planet and uh but he shows up later in the series or at least in the book he does and uh you know it just the book just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as it goes there's there's the whole plot point the whole main arc that happens in the first season when it you know it happens in the book and then you just it just expands from there and it turns into there's a, a space adventure and a multiverse adventure. There's just all kinds of stuff that happens in the book. And I, again, I need to go back and freaking finish reading that book. I need to do it already. There's just so many other things I need to read. But I highly recommend the show. If you have Prime and you haven't watched it, uh, give it a chance. Just be wary of all the cursing and all the blood. You know, if you got little kids, you probably don't want them in the room. Because they're going to go, ooh, cartoon. And then they will probably cry when <laughs> these people's heads explode and stuff. So, uh, But otherwise, great show for us grownups. They could have done this as a live action. And frankly, I'm glad they didn't. Because I have a feeling it wouldn't have been as big or as epic as a lot of these scenes were had they tried to do it live action. They can do a lot of stuff in live action nowadays. Endgame is big proof of that, but it also takes a lot more money to do that stuff in live action than it does to do it in animation. So, yeah, I don't know what else to say. This is the end of season four, folks. Come back here. Join us back here in June. I'm going to have four weeks off. Like I said, I'm sure I'm going to release a few bonus episodes between now and then. I know that there was an episode that I just did for my folks over at the Patreon in which I talk about what I have planned for season five. I will probably put that out uh, the week before season five officially launches. I may put that out on the Just Another Fanboy feed so you can be kind of ready for what's coming up, all the fun stuff I have planned and the books that I plan on reading and the TV shows I plan on watching, the old shows, the old books, and even prose novels as well. But until then, folks, until June, 
My name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. See you in June. Bye, Dad. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park